Hey everybody, happy Thursday and welcome to another episode of Predetermined, a pro wrestling hangout. I'm your host, Garrett Callender, and with me, as always, a man who just spent two days in a hot-ass building in Chicago, Illinois, the Allstate Arena, Derek Halpin. And I'm also a man who, at this moment, is sharing not a sofa with you, no, a love seat, and we are ridiculously close to each other right now, and both of our voices are pretty raspy from the past two days in that hot-ass building. I I really, in, I mean, we'll get into this in a second, but really enjoyed that building, was very surprised that it felt like American Legion Post 308 in beautiful Reseda, California, where PWG used to take place. So fucking hot for an arena. Seemed evil, but you know what? Hit her goddamn music. not joking my friend we are sitting very very close and also this is easily the earliest we've ever recorded it is eight in the morning i have to get up and drive back to nashville we wanted to do this before i left and uh just so you know like we are touching our thighs are touching yeah because last time we recorded uh, there was an echo in here unless we face this brick wall so we are looking at a couch very spacious but sitting very close so if this one sounds more intimate like it sounds like we love each other. It's because it is. It is more intimate. <laughs> Predetermined lovers is the uh, new uh, the new new title for us. Hey, that would be apropos right now, right? You know, our, our legs are touching. This yeah. is it's hot. It's getting it's getting a little uh, little intimate, a little sexy. It's getting all state arena hot in here. Oh my god! You see, that's the thing about that venue. I, 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 you hear so many great things about all state arena, and it's true. And that building gets loud as fuck, and that was your first experience there two nights in a row, and I think it was loud as fuck for you. But you also happen to be up here in Chicago when we're getting like 95 degree weather, and I just don't know if that building was prepared to have a packed house with that kind of weather, with people shoulder to shoulder. So you you said it best, it turned in the smell of the building became a wrestling building smell. Oh yeah. Like I, I saw that Elton John is playing there soon and good fucking luck getting that wrestle must out of there because yep. that is a special smell made specifically for pro wrestling. You're not going to get that anywhere else. Maybe Comic-Con. I've never been, but I have to imagine that uh, wrestle fans smell about the same as comic book fans. Big, hairy, sweaty men who are airing out their pits because of their excitement. Oh yeah, and just we're screaming, which is making us hotter. It uh, you were oh, just going back to how loud it was though. Okay, you know I'd always heard Stone Cold and Edge and other wrestlers say this is their favorite wrestle venue. So this immediately became a, a bucket list wrestle venue for me, and it really didn't disappoint. I thought it was a it's a weird building though. Yeah, it's I, mean, I think people associate this building so much with Chicago. And if you don't know already, the the building that WWE and Vince prefer to use when they come to the area, they prefer to go out to Rosemont, Illinois, which is not actually in the city. It's several miles outside. So you, But your instinct is, well, they're in Chicago. The venue surely has to be really big. 
but this isn't a huge venue. Like, I mean, I think it maybe holds tops, maybe 15,000. Yeah, we heard that, I think the, they said the attendance last night was like 13-something. Right. And that is with it completely sold out. Yeah. Packed. Like, I, I'm sure for a concert, they could, you know, stuff a few more people in there. Sure. But uh, loved the, the wood ceiling. The wood ceiling is what makes that venue special. Not only does it look great, but it makes that place so fucking loud. I mean, NXT wasn't even sold out. No. There were actually quite a few empty seats in the upper level, and I couldn't talk to my friend that was sitting next to me. I mean, anytime he said anything, I could hear absolutely nothing but just screaming. You had a hard time grasping that that's where they held WrestleMania 22. Tell people why. I mean, <laughs> you you walk around this building... And at one point, you hit a spot in the arena that you think, did I just wander backstage? Am yeah. I allowed here? Like, you start seeing the signs like, WWE production meeting this way. Yeah. Uh, Finn Balor, come right here. Right. Like, that's just as, that's, it just as well have said that. And it's right next to the entrance where their buses are. Right. So I have to imagine if you just stood there the whole time, at some point, Bobby Roode walked by. For sure. And, I mean, you're seeing security in certain places who are clearly told to stay there for the purposes of escorting people outside. Um, and, you know, I I try to go to, like, shows out there, maybe, you know, once a year or so since I've moved out here. But, it's, I mean, it's, I think its flaws got exposed the last couple of days, just I mean, as far as maybe the air conditioning can't handle a packed house on a 95-degree day. It wasn't the worst experience, I, I like, I've had as, at a venue being hot. I went to go see Tenacious D back in 2012 at Aragon <laughs> Ballroom when it was about this hot, and it was way worse, and I fucking put up with it. But see, You see, you threw in another thing that I'm like, no, nah, I bet Tenacious D fans smell about the uh, same yeah. as wrestling fans. Like, I mean, maybe a little more weed. Yeah, there was no weed last night. It was more like, uh, it was just like Mountain Dew and, uh, <laughs> but the, which I was part of. <laughs> yeah, you're part of the problem, my friend. <laughs> I guess my 50 jalapenos. Motherfuck. This dude has an iron stomach. I can't eat anything without shitting my pants. And this guy, I watched him eat what was probably the equivalent of 50 jalapenos. I, I had it wasn't planned, but when you got up to go to the restroom right before the Jinder Mahal Roman Reigns match, I decided to follow you out as an excuse to at least get out of my seat, like whatever. While I was out on the concourse, I decided that all right, maybe I'll get a drink. And I saw that they had you know Mountain Dew Code Red, and you never see that as an option at a venue. So I got a souvenir sized Mountain Dew Code Red, and I was like, well, while I'm getting this beverage, I might as well have something to like you know use it to wash it down. So I yeah, I grabbed some fucking nachos, told them to load it up with jalapenos. They did that to you? What do you mean? You requested those. Like, I figured you put those on yourself. I requested them. But what did you say? Because they gave you a fuck you amount of jalapenos. I, like, I think that's basically what I said. Give me said, give me a fuck you amount of jalapenos. I don't know like if you've ever been to a like a, a subway when people are angry. Because... Uh, <laughs> Like there Have was, lettuce. There was there, there was a time that I, I remember saying, like, can I get some olives? And she put four tiny pieces of olives across a foot long. And I was like, can I, can I get more? And she basically stared me in the eyes, stuck her fist <laughs> into a pile of olives, and just punched them into my sandwich. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, I get the point. Fuck you, olives. That's that's actually, and like if you go to like Jimmy John's or something, they're notorious. If you don't tell them, hey, take it easy on the lettuce... It's a lettuce sandwich. 
So, yeah, that's basically what happened to my jalapenos last night. And you were impressed that while the entire arena was participated in some kind of chant uh, about the quality of the match. Oh, boy. Yeah, there's a lot to talk about on that show. Should we, should we go ahead and start back? With NXT before we just hop in. Oh, yeah. Well, well, I guess just let me finish my story. If they haven't seen our social media yet, I was not one of the people who was participating in any of these chants during gender versus Roman. Garrett can vouch that I was literally sitting to his right, not giving a fuck. Eating uh, a lifetime's worth of jalapenos on tortilla chips. You would assume I was just at a ball game in between innings. Oh, yeah, like, you were definitely, you said it best. You said you treated that as an intermission. <laughs> I absolutely did. He took a break as being a wrestling fan and became a jalapeno fan in that moment. <laughs> My stomach's fine, by the way. I know Garrett's that's, extremely jealous. That's fucked up. That's fucked up, and I, I'm, it's not fair. I don't think about it so much until you come around, because I know that you have the James Ellsworth of stomachs. <laughs> I have Shawn Michaels and versus Bret Hart. No chin, kind of shitty. <laughs> and upsetting people as much as he did last night. Oh, man. Let's go back to TakeOver, man, because that was Saturday night. I guess that was, what, two nights ago? Two, yeah, we're recording this Monday morning before I head back to Nashville. Uh, we went to TakeOver. We actually sat separately on this one. My buddy John sat, uh, sat with me. Yeah, I was up in the upper deck with my lady. And this was his first time ever seeing NXT. Um, he was he had attended PWG with me in LA before, so he was familiar with some of the guys from that. But he had never actually watched an NXT show. And I I'm gonna go ahead and say I he left a fan. Did I have he? a feeling he's tuning in on Wednesday. Uh, well, he's not gonna get a good show because we saw what they taped on Wednesday. And as uh, spoiler alert, not much happened for their NXT taping. So. Yeah, I we never discussed this. The opening match ended up being a TM61, which have they been going by the Mighty for a while now and I just missed it or was that a debut? I it felt like a debut, but I'm not 100% positive cuz they came out and I was like I guess this is just a job tag team and then I realized they're beating the shit out of war or war what are they war raiders war now? War raiders, yeah. Um we never talked about how I feel about war raiders. They, I always thought they were fine in ROH and in uh, New Japan, but when they were, there's something about them pumping those fists. Yeah, it just comes across as very, like, I don't know, it's like watching your dad do it. For real. <laughs> it's like if your dad had a lot of belly tattoos and didn't really quite grasp what he was supposed to do with that rock fist. It's like if you had your dad take you to a Slipknot concert and... He was trying to fit in out yeah. of fear. And just like, yeah, this is what we do, right? We throw the horns up and we pump them. It's just like a really mechanical, <laughs> like robotic, like they, I'm, I'm doing it right now. That it, it reminds me of like a background sprite of a character in a video game where they're fuck. just on a loop, where they're just doing the same thing over and over again. They are in the background of Street Fighter and, <laughs> and Blanca is fighting like M. Bison and there's just one guy rocking that, de- that, that rock fist, you know, just real robotic pumping it. I don't know. Like for guys that are supposed to look really badass and cool, they look so out of place doing that. Like there's like, I have never done this in my life and I never want to. It's one of those things though, that like maybe you and I are the only people who feel this way. 
I've, I've watched enough of them now to where their gimmick is supposed to be cool isn't coming across that way to me at all. And because of that, it's looping back around and it's kind of cool that they're like, to me, their shtick is that they think that they're cool and they're not. And it's, it's amusing. So for you, is it like so uncool that it's circled back around to cool? Yes. It's so weird though. Cause they do look kind of cool. <laughs> I guess. You want to be them for Halloween? Maybe. Just we'll both be shirtless and walk around some face paint and do they have a kilt? I feel like there's a kilt in there. A Viking kilt. I don't know why I feel this way, but I will say that there's something about how committed they are to that weak-ass <laughs> devil horn pump. <laughs> like, we're <laughs> never going to stop. Like, they had a meeting, like, we're, we're not just going to do it, we're going to do it in sync, right? Do you think, though, that, like, where we look at it and we say, Triple H is doing everything right, is this, like, his Vince moment where he's just like, we're not giving this up. Like, I'm going to die on the fist pump hill. <laughs> they're like, dude, I don't think they're getting it. No, just give it some time. It'll it'll get over. It'll get there. <laughs> and when they come out, I said, I'm never going to do that with them. And I didn't. But I bet by the next time, I'm going to be like, shit, you're right. Yep, here we go. Doing so, it. P- pumping that robot arm. <laughs> well, they, they pumped that robot arm all the way to a victory over the mighty. <laughs> So that's what you're going to get on your taping of NXT this week. And then we got, what, Bianca Belair versus Dakota, Dakota Kai? Kai, which yeah. I thought was, I really liked both of them. And I was very excited to actually see that. I don't know. I, she's, I love, I, I mean, I've said this a lot of times. I love Bianca Belair. I think she is a future champ in that company. And uh, I think on, you know, NXT and the main, main shows, she's going to get there. I know my girlfriend thinks it's unfair that she can use her hair as a whip, and I've had to try to explain to her. I was like, well, then why don't all the other girls do it too? It's not like she's it's not like she's like grown a third leg. I mean, it, maybe it is a little unfair because if you follow her on Instagram, her hair isn't that long. That's an extension she puts in. Oh shit! Did not know that. Yeah. So technically, yeah, that, she that's is a weapon. A, she's attaching a weapon to her head. Is there any other kind of weapon that anyone has ever just had on on their body? I guess just uh, I would consider her hair like Minoru Suzuki's attitude. It's really dangerous, but you can't get rid of it, so you got to let them utilize it. See, I kind of assume, and I'm finding out this information, and I had been working under the assumption that she was using her hair in the same way that Joey Ryan uses his dick. Yes, it's unconventional. <laughs> But it's part of the body, so all's all is fair. Yeah, you can't. I mean, Joey was blessed with what he had, <laughs> so you aren't gonna just not use that. But he, in all fairness, he didn't use that that for years. You think he found it out on accident? I think in that first time that we saw it, he was surprised too. Was he in the shower and he like picked up the shampoo bottle with his dick? <laughs> And then he found out that this is a gift from God. Like, he's scrubbing his head with his hands as his penis squirts some conditioner in there as well. I think conditioner was the wrong thing to use. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we got our NXT pre-taping out of the way. and Which, I will say, thank you, Allstate Arena. This is the first time I've attended a takeover where the time that was listed is the actual time that the TV taping started. Because I have missed 
part of the TV taping at every takeover. You said that's been a nightmare. I for, like like where you've missed parts of the show because it's unclear when it starts. Well, I think I'm showing up early and on like you know I'm on time and then I walk in and I'm like oh what the fuck I'm missing but. Like you said, if I walk in and I'm all a missing like War Raiders, this. <laughs> hey, don't miss War Raiders, man. That gets you hyped for the show. Were you kind of bummed that Otis and Jizz weren't on the show? Yeah. What are they? Heavy Machinery. Yeah. I guess you could. That's why War Raiders had to change their name. You do got, our listeners do they remember that's an end joke with us? Is that calling them Otis and Jizz? I don't because we don't remember their actual names. T- uh, Tucker. Tucker and Tucker and Otis. I, wait, I think Otis is real. Is it? Uh, Jizz might be his real name too. I have no <laughs> idea. If it's not, he should change it. They. I will say, uh, Otis and Jizz though they they live that get like when they come out there they are those characters. How do you be the character Jizz? What defining attributes do you? Have if to have? I could show you a gif of that man's face right now. <laughs> Every single... And the listeners know who I'm talking about. Two, like, portly fellows, bearded. One is just built like a goddamn dump truck. And he comes out, and he just... The face he makes is jizz. He is jizz. Like Earthquake and Typhoon? That is who they are. (laughs) But they're they're doing it to the best of their abilities, and God bless them. I I mean, I think if we're going to start talking about actual NXT TakeOver... I mean, can you imagine the show starting off with a better match? That fucking tag match between Undisputed Era and... and Oni Lorcan yeah. and Danny Birch. <laughs> that, I have never liked either of them. Like, neither of them did anything for me. And Lorcan, Lorcan and Birch. You Lor- mean. Yeah. Um, even when I saw uh, Oni on the, the indies when he was Biff Busick, he didn't really do anything for me. He's tiny Cesaro to me. Right. But that night... I mean, I was obviously, you know, Undisputed Era. That whole crowd was Undisputed. There's children wearing Undisputed Era shirts. Well, like I said to you, the pop that they got when they came out, you would have thought they were the fucking NWO. For real. Like, getting being in a WWE environment and seeing Kyle O'Reilly get this kind of a reception is still mind-blowing. He got his own chant in the middle of the match. I'm still trying to process this, because I think... Out of everyone in that match, people like him, but I didn't realize that he was... That over? Like, he was the man. Yeah. Uh, that was... Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's... I th- and we kind of talked about it back and forth a little bit yesterday, but is it is it that they're over because the NXT crowd knows that they're essentially a Ring of Honor invasion crew? Pretty much, right? It has to be. I mean, they're the indie guys, but it's weird because NXT's just the indie show now. They've got... The whole roster, other right. than Velveteen Dream and Lars Sullivan. And Otis and Jizz. Otis and, I hope Otis and Jizz were big on the indies somewhere. So what territory were you big in? Iowa. <laughs> I like that little accent you threw on there. Where did you? Anyways, so they get this huge pop, and, and just the match was so hard-hitting, and there were just so many good spots in here where... Like, I don't know. Like you, you said that they won you over halfway through. I wasn't even rooting for Undisputed Era. I wanted Danny Birch and Oni Lorcan to walk out of there with it, and I, I'll be honest, thought it was going to happen. Really, there was a moment where I, I thought this is this is their time to shine, and I'm on board for it. Well, and it seemed like the crowd reaction may, and maybe it didn't, but it seemed like the crowd reaction may have changed the way that they were they were working the match because eventually Undisputed Era started working like baby faces. 
It's true. What happened with that? I think they realized that they They knew they were going to go over, and it wasn't going to look good if they were... Like, the crowd was behind them being heels and going over, so maybe they called an audible. Like, I just know that the spot where they had, like, the submissions locked in, and you've got Kyle O'Reilly, who's not the legal man, kicking... I couldn't even remember who the fuck had, like, the... the, What was it? Like, a a Boston... Like, a half Boston crab? Yeah. Leg lock locked in, and he's kicking him in the face while he's in a cross face? (laughs) And I'm like, that's some baby face shit right there. Like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, saving the day. Well, fucking Adam Cole is on the outside for this match. He did interfere and get kicked out. Uh, the We have a new friend, Josh, from uh, Wisconsin. Yeah. Hey, Josh, thanks for listening. You, It was great sitting next to you for two days. But he said uh, he was hoping that Pete Dunne was going to run out and, you know, save the day. I think I was kind of hoping for the same thing there. Yeah. What is, what's babyface Adam Cole? Like, if he ends up being a baby face. Like, I'm so used to him yelling at everybody to suck his dick. Is he a baby face, or is he just ridiculously over? I think they're... Like you said, at this point, they just feel like the NWO. They could still be telling people to suck their dick, and they could say that to the biggest baby face there and get a pop. I mean, you could make the argument that... I mean, they made that North American championship to give to somebody, I guess, but they did say, like, well, we got to get a belt on this guy. Yeah. They put it on him. Who do you want to see him face for that? Who do you think is a good matchup for Adam Cole? I think we talked a little bit about where Gargano and Ciampa can go after their feud is over. I think him going into something with Gargano would be fun. Um, I think him doing something with Ricochet could be yeah. fun. What do you, do you see? I know heel versus heel doesn't always work, but could you see him versus Ciampa? It's just two cocky assholes. Trying to outdick each other. <clears throat> I think that if they did that, you could try to make it two heels versus each other, but I can tell you who the crowd would choose, and they would probably choose Adam Cole at that point. Hmm. Just because of his charisma. That's not saying that Ciampa doesn't have charisma, but he's he's a notorious prick, like on that show. Comes out with no entrance music. Just his fucking what name is Psycho Killer? Yeah, the Psycho Killer Tommaso Ciampa. Against the guy who's screaming I'm Adam Cole, baby. Like, I think, yeah. I think, I think when, when the when it actually hits TV, people are gonna pick their side pretty quick. Now, does that mean it won't be entertaining? No, that would be entertaining as shit to watch that for a couple months. So this tag match is what opens the show, and you know we we still have a few more things to talk about, but it, it, it set it w- the tone. And talking to several people, it sounded like. It's it's insane to say, but it was a contender for match of the night yeah. and how worked up it got us. I think a big part of that was I wasn't expecting to get all worked up on that one. But in the opening match, I'm already losing my voice from just how much I'm screaming and on my feet and just just amped. Is that another situation where the match is enhanced immediately by how hot the crowd is for it? For sure. Uh, I mean... That room was so loud that you wouldn't know that wasn't sold out. Right. It probably sounded just as loud on for TakeOver as it did for Money in the Bank. Absolutely. Yeah. And then, like, from, like, I, when you're guessing what the card is going to look like, you go from that match, Undisputed Era retains, and then, boom, we're getting the other match everyone was looking forward to on this show. It's just it's Ricochet Velveteen Dream. Man, I, it's, I love... 
that WWE has finally ha- they have a homegrown guy that is insanely over, and he's got a unique gimmick. I I loved in the opening video when it showed him in uh, what was it tough enough? Yeah, and then it cuts back. He's like, the dream has no recollection of this because <laughs> <laughs> he was kind of awful. On tough show. enough? Well, you just didn't like his personality. And I remember Hulk Hogan yelled at him. <laughs> and basically... <laughs> which he, now looks funny. Which is hilarious, because he came out dressed as fucking Hulk Hogan. But he... Uh, what did he say? I'm trying to remember. A lot of... There were guys in Tough Enough that didn't watch wrestling. And at that point, Patrick Clark, I guess, was an indie wrestler. Okay. And... He was like, you need to know your history before you do all this. This is bullshit that you don't watch wrestling, and you should be watching wrestling. And you all went out and partied, and I stayed home and watched the WWE Network all night with uh, fucking the guy who won. Remember that fucker? See, I didn't watch this season of Tough Enough. I didn't give two fucks. The last one I watched was the one they actually had on USA Network. Okay. And what was this Big Andy was the guy who fucking won? Big Andy. Jesus. That was but, where Stone Cold was the host, and he was yeah. like, he didn't have, like, it was like Stone Cold Booker T, and who was the lady on that? Sh- like, was it Trish? Maybe. Yeah. Well, either, either way. Either way, Velveteen Dream was on a season of Tough Enough, and, and they worked that and, into the angle. And I just remember Hulk Hogan saying to him, "You need, oh, because he at one point yells at a guy, the era of the big man is over. He said that to he, him? He said that to some, he said that to one of the other contestants, and on that season of Tough Enough, they had to watch the episode with the judges in real time. So Hulk Hogan's sitting there and watching it, and he's like, what do you say in the era of the big man? It was like Hulk Hogan just found out. Like, he doesn't... <laughs> it was like he had not gotten the memo. He's like, what does that, that mean? He's like, what is flippy shit? I don't <laughs> know if I... I'll give it a try, brother. I don't... I mean, <laughs> I'll try that flippy shit. But I remember him saying... You need to tone it down. Because what, I mean, are people going to love Patrick the Smart Mark? And he called him that. Wow. Like Hulk Hogan gave him a spanking. And when Velveteen Dream was in the room and uh, apparently thought that'd make for a fun gimmick, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, I mean, it was one of the things where, you know, they pop that graphic up on, on on the Titantron that you're getting Ricochet Velveteen Dream. They pop for that. They're like, oh, shit, we're going from this awesome tag match to the match that we were maybe looking forward to most all night. And... I don't. I can't remember how long it lasted. The match felt like it lasted a while, and it became basically the theme of the match was two guys trying to outdo each other, and th- I think they told a pretty good story. Um, Ricochet ends up going over in this match, but not before they they let they let Velveteen Dream get a ton of offense in. They let him do a bunch of spots off the top rope. They let him suplex Ricochet from what from the inside of the ring out to the like the floor. Yeah. Um, that, yeah, holy shit, he did. Yes. He suplexed it. Was that off the apron, or were they on the turnbuckle? Like, I don't think he was on the turnbuckle. Or maybe he was, but, like, yo, they, I think he totally fucking was on the turnbuckle. <laughs> and he suplexed him from the turnbuckle out to the floor on the outside, and that was in the middle of the match. That was just... I think that's what pisses off... Uh, what's his name? The guy that... Chuck Taylor's ruining this fucking bit. Why can't I think of his name? Cornette. Oh, Cornette. Like, I bet when Cornette saw that, it was just like, just that's the top that's of the That's the ma- fucking finish. That's the, that's the motherfucking finish. But what the are you doing putting the... that in the middle of the fucking match? <laughs> Goddamn motherfuckers. 
I mean, he was just having a heart attack. I bet his apartment is just in shambles. Just I bet his house is just, it's just broken glass. There's just everywhere. holes in the wall from things that he's punched. We actually find out that his place looks like the GCW arena. Oh my just God. <laughs> like where he works and where he lives. Is he married? Yes. Well, I, well, he was. I don't know if he is anymore. I feel like he would be a hard man to live with. I guarantee it. Could you picture rooming with him? No. <laughs> You're like, I won't picture it. Let's move on. <laughs> I mean, I imagine it being scary. He's. I mean, he, he seems like, by all accounts, he seems like a dude who's like very, very opinionated. And the moment you imply that you disagree and that maybe his position is wrong, he gets fucking livid. And I don't know. He's that guy who's he's he's the like the cliche guy in the pro wrestling business that loves to pull that I've got like 40 fucking years in this business shit on you at the drop of a hat so the moment you suggest an idea you're like I think this would be working be like yeah well you got 40 fucking years in this business motherfucker like I don't know this is interesting this turn to Jim Cornette in the middle of uh, Ricochet versus Velveteen Dream however I thought it was good because what they did kind of show is that Velveteen Dream has a, a mean streak because it felt like for a long time he was the one getting the big offensive moves in. And I know my girlfriend was pulling for Ricochet, and she was pretty upset that it took Ricochet a while to get going. I feel like it's hard to not root for Ricochet. I, I don't care what your sexual preference is. That is a <laughs> handsome man. That is a handsome man with fantastic abs. And lasers. And, and he has lasers? And you know what? I, fuck, I don't know if I've told you this, Derek. I'm sure I've said it on this show at some point. I love lasers. Anytime I'm at a concert and lasers get brought in, it's like, this, this is how we do it. This is how you amplify a concert. How do you take it up a notch? Love a good laser. Yeah. No one has lasers in wrestling Wait. other than, you know, several people, but in WWE. He's, he's got that wicked laser intro. He's got the music that sounds like it's like the background fight music from like Primal Rage or yeah, something. And a Transformers, like one and only. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and they, I think there was such a good dichotomy there. I mean, they were two different characters. One of them's, one's kind of a badass and one's like... Prince. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not saying that Prince can't be a badass. Prince was a badass. Prince still is, even in death. I mean, I think he just released a record on his birthday. Yeah, while dead. And he's going to release records until long after we're dead because he has a vault of them. He's going to be a really sexy Kurt Cobain. Or Tupac. Is that how we're describing Prince? He was sexy Tupac? That's how you're going to describe him to I don't kids? know. I think some people would argue that Tupac was pretty sexy, too. This is this has turned into what men... <laughs> what, what, what dead musician do you think is sexiest? What, who's the sexiest dead musician? Elvis. Yeah, that was where I went. <laughs> A couple of white dudes marking for Elvis here. <laughs> I hope that doesn't piss anybody off. Um no, I mean, I, they, they put on a pretty fucking classic... I mean, they're assuming there's going to be a, a chapter two, right? Oh, you can't end with that. Uh, they, That's... What was it? Like the final five minutes where they were just doing these big spots and missing? And yeah. at one point... I haven't rewatched uh, TakeOver yet. Really very excited for that. You need to. He did a moonsault halfway across the ring. Didn't Velveteen get his legs up or something for it? Or? Yeah. <laughs> it was just like rever- it was just reversals and misses, <laughs> and then Velveteen tried to do the elbow drop, but he did an elbow drop pretty much coast to coast. Yep, he got some serious air and fucking ricochet capitalized and did what it was like a four fifty. Yeah, almost yeah. landed on his head, like yeah. barely made it. But guess what? 
Barely's making it. Yep. He did it. It works. He did it. Almost only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades, ladies and gentlemen. But you've never heard that expression before. I I have heard that expression. Are you blown away that I whipped that out for the pod? No, it's a fairly common expression. Well, you looked stunned. Didn't mean to. You, you know right. what? You would be surprised. Since we never actually record in the same room, you you never know when I'm looking stunned. That just could be my <laughs> That's face. That's true. And also, we are sitting inches apart. Again, let's reiterate that. We are right up on each other. We could stick a subway foot long in between our heads and meet in the middle. Literally meet in the middle. God. <laughs> I hate you. I um, hate you. Well, I guess from here, they, they went into the women's match, um, which was Nikki Cross versus Shayna Baszler. Crowd was still good. They were coming it, down. It was going to be impossible for anyone to follow that. I like both of these ladies. The crowd liked both of these ladies. One asshole brought a beach ball out. Yeah. That guy immediately got booed. Uh, not only did he get booed, he got shut the fuck down because the beach ball didn't get very far before some heroic soul in the audience went over, grabbed the beach ball, tore it in half, and, and then got gave a pop. A, then gave a middle finger towards the audience where it came yeah. from. Yeah, um, I would say the crowd was like pretty hot for Nikki Cross in this match. I think that's who they wanted to go over, and she played her part really well. She was fucking crazy. Some of the shit she was doing at the beginning of the match, like getting on all fours and chasing Shayna out of the ring like a dog. I if we found out that Dean Ambrose had a secret sister, that would be her. It would be Nikki Cross, or she could have been a really good sister Abigail if they really wanted to do it. I always thought that was going to happen. Was kind of disappointed that they really pissed that, that opportunity away. That might be the funniest thing ever. Do you think they're ever going to just pretend like that didn't happen? That was the weirdest best reveal where Bray Wyatt is just I'm sister Abigail, and I think the whole crowd simultaneously remained silent Aww. and then said um. They went, oh. oh. And, and, and and what's funny is that he gets meningitis with everybody else on the roster at that point, and they just use that as an excuse to be like, yeah, that didn't happen. Yeah, let's not bring that up again. Yeah, we can just, luckily, uh, we'll just book Finn Balor versus AJ Styles, and we'll never talk about this again. And what are we going to do? When he gets back, throw him in a lake, yep. change that up. Yep. And you think that he's gone completely with from that gimmick. And then he just comes back with the gimmick and pairs with Matt Hardy. We just gave you the, the recent history of Bray Wyatt on this podcast. So there you go. You're Tune welcome. in next week. Next week. Um, but So Nikki Cross, Shayna Baszler. I wouldn't say anything spectacular happened. The, obviously, the big spot everyone's talking about is that Shayna chokes out Nikki Cross. And about halfway through the move, Nikki just starts smiling right before she passes out. That was the, that was the Undertaker laughing moment of the, <laughs> of the match. Like she just took it. Like, it was like she expected it and didn't bother her at all, and it was cool. It was a cool visual seeing her smiling while getting choked out. Um, and then we got our title match, uh, Alistair Black versus Lars Sullivan. And I think, I, I mean, I guess I can't speak for everybody, and I'm, I'm assuming I'm gonna, you're going to be on the same page with me. I think everyone's expectations for this were really low. Um, and... It met those expectations. Do you think it was that bad? I don't think it was that bad, but it was definitely a match of Alistair Black having to do a bunch of shit to make it a match. Basically, it was Lars Sullivan, you stand there, I'm going to run around you, I'm going to jump, just keep catching me. Make you look like a monster. Yeah. There was just, I think the moment everyone is going to pinpoint in that match, regardless of what happened, the missed kick, and it did not, I don't, I still haven't watched it on TV, but from where I was, I was just like, oh boy, he missed that. And then 
I don't even know how he knew that Alistair had even tried to kick him. Right, because he was so... It was like a foot away. Did the ref... He kicked at you. Yeah, like, <laughs> like at you. He didn't <laughs> kick you. He kicked at you. <laughs> Whose fault was that, though? Was it both of theirs? Was I he... think you would have to... Show, well, you know what? It's I, I don't... Maybe I'm wrong. I think it would be on the person initiating the, the quote-unquote contact to make the move get as close as it needs to. Like, if I threw a punch at you, it wouldn't be your fault that my fist wasn't, like, right next to your face. But how would he even know it was coming without just kicking him in the head? Kick him in the head? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's a big guy. I just, I loved what you said. You said, you saw him throw that kick. It misses. And then you just said, please don't fall down. Don't fall down. And don't then he just down. immediately. <laughs> and then, it wasn't even immediately. He there was like, like two <laughs> seconds after the missed kick where he was like, I guess I'll fall. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, you could have saved that spot. They could have totally milked it as Alistair Black went for the kick and he missed. That leads me to believe that this monster has probably committed insurance fraud at some point. He's a liar. Like where he, he so he got tapped. He His car got tapped and he gets out and it's just, ah, it, it hurts. It hurts. You're sued. So fucking, obviously, Alistair Black wins, gives him a couple brutal kicks to the head, matches over. So where are you with Alistair <laughs> Black? You aren't, you aren't sold yet on him. I don't think that's a fair way of putting it. I'm sold on him. I think he's a great talent. He's ridiculous. Like, I don't have to necessarily be a guy's number one mark to tell you, like, oh, what, what, his, what he's doing is working. His shtick is working. He's got a fan base. They pop for him. Like I said to you yesterday before we were going to Money in the Bank, he's got the heaviest, hardest entrance music I've ever heard in WWE, except maybe for CM Punk's Kill Switch Engage music. God, just... And the crowd knew every word of that song. I know, like they have it in their playlist. Uh, I don't know a word to that. The whole crowd... I felt like... That's that's all I hear, and that's fine. And I'm that's what trying. it sounded like when the crowd was doing it too. So maybe, <laughs> did not, maybe we didn't that pick up like, on a lyric. Oh, they just so that actually is that. <laughs> the crowd's just making those noise. <laughs> I'm glad that the last part sounds like a cat, like. <laughs> so. I guess uh, it was what it was. I want you to get that back piece he has. Like, if next time I see you, you're just like, hey, man, and you pull the shirt off, and you're just like, I just thought it was a good tattoo. Yeah, no. That's not the tattoo I would get. What would you get? Maybe Rusev's tattoo of, like, whatever, Bulgaria. How far down his ass does that go? I don't know. I've always wanted to know. Who's Okay, in, in WWE, whose tattoo... If it was that, if you could pick one tattoo out of any WWE wrestler, you have to get one of theirs and have it. Who's who's are you going with? I would probably get Owens' evil live tattoo that's like backwards and forwards. I think that's a pretty cool one. You love him though. I do, but like I'm just saying, like how many tattoos do I look at and go, "Oh, that's witty." <laughs> that's um, one I'm fine being stuck with forever. I think the wittiest tattoo. Really doesn't get talked about enough, and that's Brock Lesnar's "Kill 'Em All" tramp stamp. No, I, that's cute. That's cute. That I think he knew that was funny when he got it. The fucking sword pointed at his chin. That's great too. That's a level of confidence I'll never have. Like Brock Lesnar has tattoos of a confident man. Mine are gonna be. 
Mine are going to definitely not be... Not be nearly as confident? Yeah, like, if I end up getting just, like, a gun and a sword and, like, a dismembered arm and I don't know what the fuck else... Like, <laughs> a mushroom cloud? Like, if I came home and showed Leah kill them all across my lower back... MDK? <laughs> oh, get that Nick Gage tattoo. <clears throat> um, Me and him are going to be a tag team someday. I'd feel it. What'd you think about the main event, man? Gargano Ciampa? Street fight? It... Um, Match of the weekend. And also, Ma- just spots that you you don't see in WWE with them. I mean, I guess it's not the first time they've exposed the, the wood under the ring, but it's the first time it's been used, like, that dramatically and as, like, part of, like, the, the definite finish of the match. And even the spot where, you know... Fucking Gargano puts Ciampa through the tables on the outside. That was a brutal ECW like spot. Yeah, on on an NXT pay per view. It was it was just a very brutal match, and they really save that type of violence for really special occasions on NXT. Yeah, you rarely see a chair shot. I mean, I can't name any others than their matches. Really, well, they broke up the stop sign. At the beginning part of that match. The when they start fighting into the crowd, the yeah. guy rips up the sign. And but like after a while you get kinda numb to the whole oh, you can tell they're blatantly focusing on doing shots to the back. When they attack the back with either a chair or a stop sign or whatever. But and they I, they started getting pretty creative with some of it. I mean, they did the thing where you tuck the chair and smash it into the, the, the steps. steps to crush their throat. But then he moved those steps into the center. Yeah. And he slammed Gargano down on those fucking steel steps. Yeah. There's those corners look sharp, man. They do. Um I mean, it definitely was no Takahashi rolling down a full flight <laughs> a full flight of concrete. That was very stairs. home alone of him though. <laughs> um this is just a brutal like fun I, I think it speaks to how well A this feud is going and B the the quality of the workers in this feud between Gargano and Champa. This is this is the deserving main event. And there's certainly going to be a chapter three. Oh, I, I'm really hoping uh, me and Alex, Queen of the Ring, are going to be attending chapter three of that event. And where where do you see it going? What what do they have to do to end it? Something has to get... Because they've essentially had two street fights for sure. <laughs> at this point. Um, you had mentioned maybe the first ever NXT Hell in a Cell. I could buy that. I'm not going to take credit for that. That was Josh. Oh, okay. Hey, Josh. Thanks hey, for the idea. You're mentioned twice, my friend. And uh, I see however Chapter 3 plays out, it's going to involve Candice LeRae even more. Maybe she's locked in there. Candice in a cage match? Yeah. I Or maybe they put her in the shark cage. <laughs> so my, uh, my buddy Matt, he was texting me that Candice is definitely leaving with Ciampa and, and kissing him. That is going to hurt me. You're gonna cry. I will cry. They are <laughs> America's sweethearts. If I, I don't, I can't handle heel Candace. That would break everyone's heart. It, I I would have no reason to live. My depression meds would not be able to handle that. You know, but here's the thing about that. As much as that may sound like a wrestling angle that people would expect, they haven't let Candace have like a run in NXT as a competitor, being the babyface that she is designed to be. She hasn't had a run at all. Pretty much all that's happened is she's gotten beat by Bianca Belair once. Yeah. Which... So it seems like a a little too early to 
not yeah. acknowledge what she's best at. They've barely established her as a wrestler. They've right. established her as Johnny Gargano's wife. Yep. And that's a bummer. They need to do that first. Yeah, I, I feel like once we get through the final chapter where she leaves him for for Ciampa. So the big spot at the end of the match, obviously, is you know Ciampa had torn up the, the mat earlier in the match. And Gargano clearly had him beat, had him tapped out, but there was no ref available. And as Ciampa, you know, is as Gargano's trying to fend off all the suits, trying to interrupt the match, Ciampa grabs him and DDTs him right onto the onto the wood and gets the one, two, three. And he beats a man with both hands cuffed behind his back, and you know he's going to gloat about that. That's going to be great. That's going to be a really shithead promo. <laughs> I can't. I cannot wait. Well, we have two <laughs> weeks for that now. Yeah. Um, Okay, we Jesus, we've talked about this for forty five minutes. It's deserving. Let's, though. Let's, it was a great show. Yeah, it was it was a great show, and it definitely deserves more time than the the four hours of Money in the Bank. I think though the main thing I want to talk about with Money in the Bank is we got into a little bit of a disagreement on something, as as sometimes happens. Still friends, maybe we'll see. No, I mean okay. I, I would say we're definitely friends as no. close as we're sitting. So, <laughs> so the uh, Gender Mahal Roman Reigns match was a shit show. And not because of Gender Mahal and Roman Reigns. Some would maybe argue that it was, but the crowd never gave them a chance to do anything. They immediately shit on it the second the bell rang. And I think that was dumb. I think it was super disrespectful to the wrestlers, regardless of how much I like either one of those. I don't know what their end goal is for that. You don't want him in the main event. He's in the middle of a four-hour show. It's two guys just having a middle of the card match that isn't worse than, you know, Sami Zayn versus Bobby Lashley. It's if anything, it's the exact same. Sure. We didn't boo them. We just sat there fairly quiet for that. We I mean, you and I didn't do it. you were eating a, a, too many jalapenos to even consider yelling at these men. I was having a great time. I don't know what the big fuss is all about. <laughs> I don't know if you heard, Derek, but uh, they didn't chant nice things at either of those men. But is anybody surprised? I, th- I, I think from the I think I think you are right for the most part in theory about if is it respectful towards the wrestlers? No, but like I told you, <clears throat> they picked that match to be the match where they expressed their frustrations with booking. It's not the first time. It's not going to be the last. Especially, and, 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 the, and the second, I mean, Vince knew where they were doing Money in the Bank when they booked it. He knew that it was going to be in Chicago. He knew that was a crowd that wasn't going to be friendly to Roman and probably not gender. And, I mean, that, that's the building that gender won the WWE Championship in. Oh, shit, I didn't, that's, I didn't I mean, remember that's, that. That's, that's backlash from whatever, over a year ago. And I, I, I get it. I think your preference would be if they're not happy with it, sit on their hands. I will respond to the part where you think that they didn't give them a chance. I think when you've been burned so many times by the same shit, people stop giving you chances. And I think that's where they're coming from. I don't think people feel in, like they that he's entitled to, like, well, well, let's wait this one out. Maybe Roman Gender will be really good. But at that point, do what do they want? Do they... Or are they... Do they want a heel turn, or do they want him fired and just out of the company? Either probably would sound great to them. like if I if we were in the middle of that ring, be like, do you want to hear, see him get fired? You would hear the crowd go ape shit. And if you ask, what about if he turned heel? I think they would pop for that too. <laughs> like I think that basically, like I mean, and like I said to you, 
as much as people may not like it, and I totally understand where they're coming from, I don't know if I necessarily am nuts about it either. There's no other way that the crowd can convey how they feel about shitty angles other than saying how they feel about shitty angles at the performers in the ring. Because it's not like Vince is meeting fans in the parking lot going, all right, what did you like and not like about tonight's show? He's he's got a focus group. Yeah. And he's... It's like, come to this focus group. You'll get $10 and a drink. And, uh, okay, Johnny Gargano. What would you think? 10? 10. Okay, get a good 10. Yeah, Yeah. no, that's not happening. And so when the writing team and when Vince aren't out there in the ring to hear chants or to hear critiques of how they're booking the show, it's going, like, whether it's fair or unfair, like, there's no other time where they can, like, the fans could say, yep, this shit. This is the this is what we're talking about. Less of this, more Gargano Champa. There were NXT chants that broke out in the middle of this match. There were a lot of chants. Like Velveteen Dream got a chant, Johnny Wrestling. But what worries CM me, Punk? C- yeah. Let's go Cena. Cena sucks. At that point, it, that was a very over Cena. <laughs> <laughs> he was at home smiling. He's just like yeah, they love me now. Uh, <laughs> they wish I was here. I. I don't know. I just get worried when I don't make the chance weirder, ruin it in a different way. Don't. And why I say that is I'm afraid these like who whose name are they saying? Vel who's Velveteen Dream? But what does it say and about I, how petty he is that you're worried that a wrestler's name who gets chanted during a match as a way of saying we would prefer this that that wrestler is going to get punished? Like I, well, like you you're openly acknowledging that's a concern for you and that's like the CEO. I'm just afraid that he's like, Paul, send me this Johnny wrestling. And he's like, no, no, Paul, no, no. He's like, oh yeah. He's like, we we actually have this really big series of three that we're. No, no, Kalisto needs a partner. <laughs> the passion of Johnny Gargano live on Monday Night Raw. <laughs> we're gonna bury that motherfucker and send them a lesson that they'll never forget. Oh, you like Johnny wrestling, Ty Dillinger. You're back in. <laughs> but go back to like the, the Lashley-Zane match, which, again, was shit. But it also felt like they cut it short. Okay, and just to clarify, I'm not crazy. It, we haven't rewatched this either. It just happened last night. Did that match end with a vertical suplex? It ended with three of the delayed vertical suplexes. You know there were some old-timers like popping it like shit. Was like, there? That was, like, that was my finisher. Are the old that used to be my <laughs> I used to pop for that vertical suplex. They're, they're, getting, they're getting my finisher over. Oh, my God. Do, I, do you I think felt that was bad Jim for Cornette everybody. being like, now see, this <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> Bobby Lashley is saving this fucking business. They're protecting that business. With that finisher, motherfucker. And Jake the Snake is just sitting at home, fingers crossed, waiting for a pen after I a DDT. <laughs> I, I can do that. Well, well, so those were the two, like, obviously shit-stained parts of the show. But but you're right. They got two different reactions. The crowd just kind of sat on their hands for Zayn Lashley. I mean, I think there was a This Is Boring chant or... They, you know, Zane tried to get heat by doing the powder out. He tried to steal Kevin Owens' shtick there for a minute of refusing to start the match by running away, which is a fine way for a heel to get heat. Because he, I mean, not that. And anyway. the thing is, Sami Zayn got a good pop coming in. Yeah, we all sang his song. He still has babyface music. People do not give a fuck about Bobby Lashley. Can we just say it? No one cares. What 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 is he there to do? I mean, he's big and strong, and he smiles, and he's got a family. You know who else does? 
Miz. Yeah. Miz and Mrs. <laughs> premiering July whatever on the USA Network. July whatever. Um, I the, the show opened with Big Cass Daniel Bryan, which is another one of those matches. It was another one of those matches where you, there's somebody involved that you your instinct is they deserve better. Like everyone's kind of reaction is. Daniel Bryan could probably be working somebody that's not Big Cass, and that's what we would prefer. <laughs> However, they were into the match. I, I think like Daniel Bryan's a great person to open a card with because the crowd pops for him, and he could literally be wrestling a broom. He could he, be wrestling right. a seven foot tall broom, and the crowd's going to be going gonna, ape shit for it. Yeah, it was at this point. Daniel Bryan is still a special event. And Big Cass does the job for him again, looking like a bitch. I have to imagine Big Cass is uh, is getting on an airplane somewhere, and I mean, unless he's on Raw tomorrow, and there's like, what? So what? What happened there? Or SmackDown or whatever? And uh, just how would you feel about him showing up in NXT? I would make sense. He's like, to guess demote what? him. Go down there and do a job for Lars. Lars missed a kick. They <laughs> <laughs> just say it on their programming. Lars, you were in the wrong place at the wrong time. You should have been a little bit closer. I think that maybe he should... Listen, listen, Mr. Amish Beard. You both fucked up on each of your respective shows. You beat up a small man, and you missed getting kicked in the face. You fell down. <laughs> if You know what? I was I was going to push you if you hadn't have fall da- fallen down. See, at that, I, I think what happens is Vince McMahon sees that, gets mad. He's like, Seamus, come here. Oh, God. He missed... He, he, he doesn't seem to know when to fall down from a kick. Can you show him when to fall down from a kick? And then <laughs> and, and, and Seamus' heart, he's like, I'm getting another world title run out of this. <laughs> I'm going to go kick him right in the fucking face. And he's just like, I, you should watch some tape out of how to take a Seamus kick and then just show him that clip of Enzo badmouthing when Seamus' <laughs> foot just comes out a corner, direct contact with the side of his face. That's, That's still my shit. all-time favorite Seamus boot to the face. Oh, I don't know. The one he did against Randy Orton in, in Elimination Chamber where Orton's taunting him on the other side of the plexiglass and Seamus turns around, puts his hands on his hips and kind of like sighs and gets angry and then just kicks through the fucking plexiglass. When was that? I don't remember this. It was Elimination Chamber like three or four years ago. This Is this evil Seamus or is this... This is good guy Seamus. Good guy Seamus. Good guy Seamus. <laughs> like, he was getting taunted. By, by by RKO, your boy. See, when you say that... That sounds awesome. That actually... I'm starting to understand <laughs> Seamus. Like, I never... I like bad guy Seamus right now. Uh, but good guy Seamus I never got. But a, a, a Seamus who's just like, oh, my kicks are hard, my friend. I was going to say, is the brogue kick just... Is it basically like Nick Gage sweet chin music? Is it just like extreme brutal fucking kick to the head? <laughs> like su- super kicks are kind of sweet. They're kind of cute at this point. They're very pretty. They sound good. It's just the I like a good stiff kick to the face. <laughs> it works <laughs> every time. It's feasibly the end of the match every time. <laughs> Actually, I think sh- now that you told me that, I'm popping for something that happened in like 2014 or something, and I, I'm just like, yeah, no, Sheamus gets another world title run, and I need to see that spot a few more times. As soon as this podcast ends, I'm pulling that clip up on YouTube for him. Oh, I can't wait. Um, what? But I mean, God. We, the, okay. But his, the rest of the card, like good stuff, happened. Um, it seems like some of the controversial stuff is James Ellsworth came back dressed as Oscar and <laughs> essentially ruined a women's match. I put "ruined" in quotes. Was, I was, got. I just immediately got texts from people saying that it was shit. 
That arena popped hard for James Ellsworth. What, what did Metal Dave, friend of the podcast, send you? Um, I think he just sent that was fucking bullshit. Well, he said, isn't this the kind of stuff that makes people turn off a show? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, the crowd loved it. I popped. The, the building popped hard for it. I don't know if Chicago is just the one town where James Ellsworth is always over. What's funny is I see people... I was looking through Twitter, and some of these people are friends that I know know a lot about wrestling and the way they're talking about it. I think if you told them, you're getting worked, my friend, I think they would, I think they would argue that they're not. Yeah. But when I see that their points that they're making back, like, no, he ruined two money in the banks. Is that his gimmick now? I was like, yeah. yeah, what if it is? Yeah, it is his gimmick, and that's why he winked like that. You know, he did like the Porky Pig. That's all, folks. He <laughs> like, <laughs> like he knew they're gonna see my fucking mug, and I have to make a face that says, "Ta-da, I'm back." <laughs> that wink he gave was the second I saw that. I was like, "Well, that is a that is a gift forever." That's a moment. <laughs> that is. You, you were gonna see non wrestling fans just you posting the gif of the weird looking guy winking. Oh God. WWE let James Ellsworth go, and then like maybe less than a year later, was like, okay, we need him back. That has to feel great for James oh, Ellsworth, yeah. where he's just, they need me. <laughs> oh, and, and I think he was depressed when they let him go. Oh, he had to have been. And Carmella really, maybe I'm the only one that feels this way. She could really use having him back again. Yeah, I don't. What think... was she doing like after winning the belt? Like. I felt like she was just taking on water. She like was sinking. She is. She's getting better, but she's a heel that needs something to be able to cheat. And obviously, there's no way for her to beat Oscar clean. That would have been weird. And I got. I had fun. I had fun with that. I thought it was a fun match. Uh, I enjoyed Dellsworth. Let's uh, move on to another one that seemed. I. I don't know. I. The women's I, match. The other women's match. The Ronda Rousey Nia Jax. I loved it. I lo- but I love Ronda Rousey, and I love pro wrestling. I loved Ronda Rousey before this, so to me, this is just this is a thing I'm enjoying. It's the culmination watching. of all the shit you like. Yeah, I'm watching. I'm watching somebody learn to wrestle in real time, which is rough. But I didn't think it was bad. I had a good time watching that. I I thought it was okay. Like I mean, I didn't think there was anything bad. I just like I said to you yesterday when we were talking about it. I said. The bar is set so much lower, like expectation wise, for what she'll be able to do in a wrestling ring. So that it's like Braun. When she breaks out something, when she lifts up a big person like Nia Jax and slams her, it's a big fucking deal. It's a move that if anybody else on the roster did, you go, okay, wrestling move. And you move on to the next spot. But because it's Ronda doing a wrestling move, it gets a reaction. And this match, actually, I, I think we were taking predictions about how long it would be. Um, I guess, like, what did I say? Like, between, like, six and seven minutes, something like that. I guessed eight, and somewhere around the ten-minute mark is when I think Alexa Bliss got involved. Who had, speaking of, you know, talking about the rest of the show earlier, just like an hour prior, had won the women's Money in the Bank contract, and she cashed it in in the same night. Which, yeah. I mean, she pinned Nia Jax for it. Which immediately tells me... They want Ronda versus Alexa Bliss at, I mean, I guess, I guess it probably SummerSlam. I think that's where you would give her a belt. But you know, Alexa does that pop the arm out of the socket thing. Ronda really want to do that spot. I can, I just can tell that's where we're headed. Yeah, for sure. Or does she pretend that her arm's broken and do the pop it back in and elbow Ronda? 
Absolutely, that's what's going to happen. Or do you think this is the time where she's like, it's really broke this well, time? I think they'll build the entire finish to a match because, I mean, and it sucks that they've actually done it before. They, I mean, the they obviously. Time. If you, they I didn't think, know. They didn't know they were going to get Ronda Rousey, or they probably would have saved that for a special occasion, but. I, I really think that's where we're headed. But I think it, that's the spot that they're like, that's going to look really cool because a lot of people are going to watch SummerSlam. Yeah, it's going to make the news that she broke somebody's arm <laughs> or something. And, and the women's money in the bank match was really good. A lot of bumps I wasn't expecting to see. Naomi took a hard bump on her ass on the ladder. Yeah, yeah uh, Becky Lynch took a couple ladder shots right into the fucking grill. I'm curious to see that again because from where we it were sitting, brutal. it looked terrible and then it looked like the ladder fell back down in a sharp corner the the ladders are just sharp corners they just as well be that's what the match is but kudos to the ladies for stepping up and be willing to take some of these like stiff bumps um so i mean i I thought again we've already gotten all the shitty matches on this card out of the way the the stuff that we have left over was all pretty like quality stuff like um the women's money in the bank match was great Ronda versus Nia was, was fine. Plus the, the cash in, the crowd popped hard for the cash in, they, and they milked it too. It wasn't like there was a certainty from the beginning that she was cashing in. It looked she like she may time. have just come to ruin the match, right? And that would have worked too. And I really, we were going to be pissed at her, and I thought we were going to have to wait and watch her be shitty for yeah. a while longer. So I'm guessing that means we get Alexa Nia at Extreme Rules. There's going to be some sort of Extreme Rule that allows or a triple threat or something. Yeah. I just picture it being Alexa Bliss beating the shit out of Nia Jax with hopefully a kendo stick again. Because in theory, Nia Jax gets her rematch and Ronda's match for the title got fucked up. So there's justification there for both of those yeah. girls to get whatever. So, um, Okay, this morning we were starting to look at some clips from the men's money in the bank match. The hi- <laughs> So, <laughs> no, this, I'm never going to forget about this. <laughs> So we obviously didn't get to hear the audio from when Kevin Owens was at the top of the ladder with Braun Strowman. And I'm so jealous of all of you at home that got to hear that live because I was literally in tears when we watched that this morning. Say you're sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. sorry. (laughs) And he still pushed him off. What an asshole. He's a bully. He made a man beg. You were so excited to see your boy, and we watched him leave on a stretcher. I, I got what I wanted out of my guy. He had the... Yeah, you, you got the big Kevin Owens spot. <laughs> right, that's what I wanted. Uh, what else was... Okay, I mean, obviously, I wanted Miz to win. Didn't happen. But he had his moment, too. He his, had a Miz spot. His, you mean just the face? Yes, that's a Miz spot. But it's funny. What, I'm trying to remember what wrestler it was that was saying, like, you just have to have seven moves. And, like, you can have a taunt or something, and that counts as a move. And Miz having a scared face after Braun... Who descri- I guess they said it was one of the commentators that described Braun Strowman running through that ladder. Like it was a football like, team running yeah. through a banner? I looked at it as, I hope some of you get this, please. Uh, the movie, it's a mad, 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 mad world from the 60s when the two brothers have the... Uh, the mechanics? The mechanics have a big piece of metal. I'm trying, I don't remember what it's they're like, holding. I think it's an axle. Oh, it's the axle door. It's like... Erwin, we're gonna have to kill him. And then they charge <laughs> and then him. They <laughs> and fucking Braun rips through that ladder like it's fucking paper. Cuts to Miz. And it cuts to Miz, and Miz is just filling his shorts with but the shit. the best thing is, it's a long zoom. <laughs> like the camera takes a, takes a second to zoom in. <laughs> and he his... just holds it. <laughs> he just held it. He knew. See, I just... 
I, I'm fine with Braun winning it. It I think the Miz could have really benefited from being just a shitty heel with that briefcase think, for a long time. I think, and this, and I, I want to make this point clear because I know that this is going to come up eventually. I know that there's a reputation that wrestling fans have of never being satisfied. And I've been on this show before talking about how Braun deserves to be universal champion. And I still feel that way. Last night's result did not change my opinion of where Braun should be on the card. What I have an issue with is I have a certain perception of where the money in the brief money in the bank briefcase is supposed to be. And I typically think of it on either a Uber underdog babyface who's calling his shot or on a sniveling heel that's going to cash on at eight a time. Braun has been a dominant force on that show for over a year, and I've been convinced that he's the actual champion there for over a year now. So for them to kind of have to backdoor put him into a number one contender spot with that briefcase, when they could have just made him the number one contender after Greatest Royal Rumble, it's just, to me, it's chicken shit booking. Like, who had to be convinced that Braun should be the number one contender? Who who was who was still on like the fence about Braun being the guy to take the title from Brock, and then they're like, oh, he won the money in the ba- brief money in the bank briefcase now. Okay, yeah, now he should totally be the guy, like just now, like last night. Like it's like to, it's like I've said this to you before. It's like when the WWE universe yells a suggestion at Vince. There's like a one year pause, and then he goes, I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, what the fuck, man? What if that? What if his plans were for Miz to, to win the briefcase, and then during the Roman match, he's just like, they love Braun. This is I should give them what they want. This is I I I give in. It's not out of the realm of possibility that when he starts a show, he does have an A script and a B script, and if X, Y, and Z happens the way he thinks of it, he'll give you guys the A script. But if you guys misbehave and treat his big dog really mean, he gives you the B script. And well, to me, if it were a B script, it would have been Bobby Roode winning, where he's like, "Oh yeah, oh yeah." Well, who <laughs> gives a shit? <laughs> <laughs> and then he just leaves. And then he's like, "Guess what? Try and cash in tomorrow." Oh, he lost. So good on Braun. I guess we'll see where this goes. Maybe my idea will come to fruition where Braun cashes in on Brock Lesnar at his home with Brock just hanging out, not giving a fuck. Maybe in maybe in his uh, what smoking jacket with I his glasses him, on. I need him sitting in a chair with his glasses on the tip of his nose like a librarian. Door kicks in. You see Deborah in the kitchen <laughs> doing like you know she's walking around the you house. You mean Sable? Or oh, Sable. Yeah. Wait, Deborah was Stone, Stone Cold's Cold. ex-wife, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Sable. Um yeah, just see Sable walking around. Just, what the hell? And he's just crushing their. They've got extreme home makeovers on on the television. I, yeah, something, Bro- something. Bro- Bro- Brock is watching Fixer Upper in the background. <laughs> and you're gonna need a Fixer Upper. And he and just it. looks genuinely like, oh shit. But you see, I I do like the idea of Braun pulling up, opening the trunk of a car, and lifting pulling a referee. Out Charles by Robinson. <laughs> Charles Robinson looks like he hasn't had any sleep well, maybe, since last night. Maybe he's like in a, a a full pajama set with that "Don't Wake Daddy" sleeping cap. Good lord, that would be hilarious. <laughs> see, this is the shit. Like because you're such a New Japan ROH fan, and and. That's a certain product that they have where they take themselves seriously, but here you are really hoping for this funny, cartoony spot. 
Well, I mean, like you said, different flavors. Yeah. And actually, that's what you said during the Kevin Owens pouring the pancakes all over the table. You looked at me and said, you're not getting that over in Japan. <laughs> it's true. You're not going to do a spot where he jumps a garbage bag of pancakes out onto a table and then offers them the finest Canadian maple syrup that he could find. <laughs> Two jugs of it. We would be assholes if we did this podcast and didn't mention... The fucking AJ Styles Shinsuke Nakamura match from last night. Yeah, it finally I, fucking happened. We got the match we deserved and wanted, and a couple spots that we absolutely deserved. Oh, that I mean, where the do Styles we... clash off the steps. Got, I mean, I was on my feet. What about the Kinshasa across the fucking tables? That uh, the, the fact that they made us wait three full matches to get to this one was it worth the wait? I mean, I mean, I had a great fucking Maybe. time, but I, I think they also could have had four phenomenal matches. I think, yeah, absolutely. And I th- <laughs> nice, nice, nice choice of word there. Um, I think they didn't need to milk it for this fucking long, but I guess seeing the story come full circle with WrestleMania ending with Nakamura giving the low blow to Styles, and then this match ends last night with. Nakamura getting up from the tent, you know, before the ten count and doing his whole "come on" stick, and that AJ Styles goes, "Okay," kicks and kicks him, right, him right, right in the dick. That way, <laughs> hard. It's not often that a babyface gets to do that, and it and feels it's still, justified. It still feels babyface. <laughs> it, it was, it was comeuppance. But at that point, uh, Nakamura had taken a fucking beating, so he still look. He walked out of that still looking like the man. Yeah. I mean, it would be feasible to, like you said, maybe put the U.S. title on him or something, give him something to do. Because um, he hasn't held a title since been calling up to the main roster, right? No. no. tag, no mid-card, no main. And I think we all kind of thought Nakamura was going over on that. But by the end of it, it's one where it's like, okay, if you want to use AJ Styles winning a big match and for himself. And he's the fucking man. Because um, I've heard from, well, I think Melt or somebody said on Twitter that he is selling more merch than anyone right now, or it's like equal or more than Roman Reigns. Right. Or like, like it's, you know, it's huge. Yeah. He's, he's the man right now. And I have no problem with him still being the man because he's somebody that you can plug in nearly any wrestler and it's going to be interesting to watch. Absolutely. And there's, there's people, I mean, fuck, there's still the possibility of an AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, an old TNA feud happening on SmackDown live. There's a lot of guys he can work with. We can still, down the road, get like a full-fledged AJ Styles-Daniel Bryan match for that title. And we're definitely... thats I mean, they have to do that, right? I mean, once you hear that, doesn't it make more and more sense that he kept it? Uh, size-wise, where do they land with each other? Height-wise, are they pretty, uh, pretty Daniel even? Bryan's just a little shorter than Styles. Okay, but it is finally one where Vince could book that Feasibly. where on television it's, they it look like the same yeah, size. for sure. It's not something where... But I guess he had him beat a seven-foot-tall guy <laughs> last night, so he doesn't give a shit. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I just feel like for as much as we've, as, as not just us, but I think fans have kind of ridden how disappointing that feud has been, the payoff last night was pretty good. Like, if that's where it ends, it was and, a pretty good story. And I mean, do you think, I know they've been talking about wanting to start considering there being the big five and Money in the Bank be part of that. I'm fine with I, that. I, yeah, it's an important match. It really decides a lot what's going to happen. Or, you know, but uh, by giving us this big match at Money in the Bank rather than WrestleMania, does that try and 
make money in the bank bigger or is it just happenstance that that's where it happened? I think it's I think a lot of people perceive WrestleMania as the show where feuds come to an end or if they, if they don't come to an end it's where like a big match happens. So to see they they essentially used WrestleMania as the starting point to do something for the next few months after, it's weird. It's yeah, especially when you go to WrestleMania and pay like 350 bucks for a ticket as opposed to like 80 bucks. Right. Absolutely. I, I, I just, it was fine. It was, it was great. It was, if that's the end of it, that was, that was awesome. Um, what else was on this card? We had Elias versus Seth Rollins, which took forever. Like, I mean, the last few minutes were good. I think that was the consensus. And I, Rollins has been on a roll lately and has been getting some of the, the biggest pops of the night on Raw. The like, crowd got pretty quiet on that one, but you're right. The last five minutes that even we're getting this is awesome chance, yeah. which surprised me because we had sat through a pretty mediocre match prior to that, but it was a hot Final five minutes. Does it bug you at all watching both of the money in the brief or money, I keep saying money in the brief money in the bank briefcases going to raw? I mean, one of them got cashed in immediately that night, but it's okay. It doesn't give SmackDown anything to work with for a year. But I guess they pissed away their money in the bank thing last last yeah, year you, with Baron Corbin. Like, and that's how not fucking their dumb. Is that's that? not their fault. He's Constable now. Okay, Constable, Constable Cor- Corbin, who did not make an appearance last night. Well, Constable didn't have anything to do. Yeah. Uh, so, so I do like that Team Little Big both got the money in the bank briefcases. I hope this turns into a romance for them and maybe a reality show. Yeah, I mean... I, That's going I think to be they adorable. Do, they do have really good chemistry together. It is adorable. It's like watching a. It's like watching an elephant be friends with a mouse. It's exactly what it's like. <laughs> like and just seeing him be sweet to her. Did I just like, describe Dumbo as the plot? Yeah. <laughs> It's like a bear being friends with, I don't know. And have you? I mean, when spider. that big when that big man does that drop kick, he flies, boy. Oh yeah. Uh, but no, when they were on the ladders and the build to this, when she said, "I know that my tag or my mixed match challenge partner Braun Strowman's gonna win," and he smiled, and he at blushed her. a little bit, <laughs> like he thought it, he thought it was cute. Uh, I'd love to see them walking down the street holding hands. I, I I will have let you down if I do not bring this up on the podcast. Um, while leaving the village of Rosemont, when you're making the drive out of Rosemont, there is a there is a really nice structure of rocks that have been turned into like a waterfall fountain with colorful lights, and it says the city of Rosemont on them. And you and both my girlfriend at different times made the comment. And John. And John were like, oh, that's pretty. Beautiful fountain, Rosemont. I, I know, like, if we're not going to be in Chicago, I'm happy we were in Rosemont next to that beautiful fountain. I feel like you built it there just for you us. You asked me to make sure that we brought that up on the podcast. Because <laughs> <laughs> you thought that it was worth noting. Let's get pictures up of that and put that on our social media. Did you get one? I can get one and get that on Yeah, there. you hop on the L tomorrow and go <laughs> grab me one. I can probably just find one on Google, right? Oh, uh, man, we should probably start wrapping this up. We've been going a while. Um, I do want to plug something here. Uh, before I've even plugged the contest, we forgot to say this at the beginning, we have the all-in contest. But real quick, a couple weeks ago, I was on my buddy's... Uh, uh, well, you know the, the Let's Plays, Derek? You know when people play video games and you watch them on the, on the YouTube? We have a friend who does that. Yeah, our buddy uh, Mike Newton, he has a, a YouTube channel called Joy Joy Moto. J-O-Y-J-O-Y-M-O-T-O. Look it up. What he reviews is really, really obscure indie games. 
And a lot of these are fucking terrifying. Like, they're not <laughs> intended to be, but the way these are made are scary across, a yeah. lot of the time. And he was going to do one for this wrestling game called Wrestling Revolution 3D. Right. And he invited me on, so you can see me as a talking head as he plays this game. Uh, we'll share it on our social media. We'll tweet it out and everything so you can find it. But this game is made by a guy named M. Dickey who I guess is known as the Tommy Wiseau of the video game industry. So in other words, like comically bad? Yes. But when he pulled this, when he started playing this game, it's fucking crazy. He basically had the full New Japan roster and the full WWE roster in this thing. But he renamed them dumb shit. So that you could get away with it. So that they could get away with it. But like, you're definitely playing as Naito fighting Big Boss Man if you want. And it is fucking crazy. So props to Mike Newton, yep. a friend, friend of ours before the podcast, friend of ours while having the podcast. I promise you that you will laugh watching him play this game. The options of things you can do. I wish we actually recorded this the week we did the video game episode, and I forgot to mention this, which is dumb as shit. <laughs> it would have been the perfect time to cross-promote each other. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, please go check out that video and watch uh, the Wrestling Revolution 3D uh, thing. Joy Joy Moto on YouTube. Check him out. I also want to give a shout-out to some people that you kind of introduced me to. Uh, we have, uh, what would you call them, sisters in the podcast realm? I, yeah, we, we consider them our sister show. It doesn't make sense because we're completely different, but they are good friends of mine, and their show is fucking fantastic. Plus, and our listeners don't know this about me yet, I have, over the years, taken an interest in like the subject of the paranormal and ghosts, and they have a podcast called the Keep It Weird Podcast, and... Um, they were asking some Q&A type questions the other day about stories that people have experienced, and I started exchanging messages with them, listening to one of their episodes. So if you guys haven't, please go check them out if you're into that kind of stuff. If you're into ghosts, if you're into aliens, if you're into any paranormal shit, uh, they're Keep It Weird. Um, you can find them probably on all the shit. Yeah, iTunes. you can find them everywhere. They are wonder- wonderful, hilarious ladies, and... Uh, just to give you an episode recommendation, I mean, pick any of them and they're great. But the ones they did on conspiracy theories, I I fucking loved. Uh, there's a lot of great ones. Just look them up, give them a listen, and uh, yeah, they're fucking awesome. And uh, also, I don't know if you guys have heard by now, at the top of the episode last time, we plugged our all-in competition. We actually got a sizable number of entries. Yeah, this, well, you, this... guys, you guys listened in to us and started doing it. Right. So I really appreciate that. Derek, do you want to tell them how to enter this thing? If, if you want to enter our contest to win two tickets to all-in, which you should because it's going to be the biggest and best indie wrestling show ever it's happening on september 1st here in chicago you want to go to this thing we're giving away two tickets we don't have a ton of entries so we're getting more we are getting more but put it this way your odds are pretty solid my friend right this is yeah i mean honest to god if you want to win this and you enter okay so tell them how to enter first and then I'll say this so if you want to enter to win these tickets what you got to do is get on your phone if you have an iphone um, and go to iTunes, give us a rating, and get write a review for us. Say something nice. Talk about what you like about the show. Maybe say your favorite episode, something like that. And screenshot your review after you you know before you send it, and then email your screenshot of your review to us at predeterminedpodcast at gmail dot com. That's predeterminedpodcast at gmail dot com. 
and uh, give us you know your contact info. Give us the picture of your review, and you're entered to win. And I'm we're we're, we we're just going to throw the names in a hat. We're going to draw one, and some lucky person is winning two tickets to All In. Now we know that if you win tickets. You're gonna need some time to figure out arrangements on where you're gonna stay and like how the travel arrangements are gonna work. So we're gonna give you maybe a month, month and a half time. So we're gonna come up with a date where we're gonna do the drawing to determine who's winning these two tickets soon. But here's the thing: some of you may not even have an iPhone. That's not a problem. I'm not gonna require you to go through your own actual phone. You certainly know somebody who has an iPhone and has access to iTunes, borrow their phone for a minute. Hey, when was the last time you were sitting at brunch eating your chorizo burrito? You look over at your friend. They've got a, a ham and cheese omelet. That's a little boring Maybe for breakfast. Maybe some French toast. Yeah, they've definitely got some, you know, potatoes there, some breakfast potatoes. They're sitting there on their iPhone. You're not talking to them. You know what you need to do? Snatch that shit out of their hand, open it up, go to iTunes, find Predetermined. You'll see us. I think it's still a picture of us because for whatever reason, when you search it, it's the old picture. I still have I have our new picture online. Yeah, you do because you're subscribed. No. But it's still the old one if you don't. Well, yeah, I know it's fucking whatever. Weird. I can't get that changed. We'll figure that shit out. But take theirs, write the review, take the screen cap, send it in to us. You're entered. And you know what? If you're like, I really, really want to go to this, grab your wife's. Have do another one on hers. I don't care how many times you enter. Gets us more reviews, gets you more entries. We're both happy. Right. So go ahead and do that. Email us at predeterminedpodcast at gmail.com. Get your entries in. We'll probably be doing the drawing, I would assume, within the next month. Oh, yeah. Let's say uh, we'll figure out an exact date, but I'll say sometime like right after the G1. Sure. Um, that's kind of all we have for today, right? Yeah. Let's let's close this thing out. Give us a follow on Instagram at predeterminedpodcast. We've been posting videos of NXT and Money in the Bank. Give us a follow on Twitter at WrestleHangout. Follow us on Facebook at WrestleHangout. Hey, thanks so much, everybody, for listening. Please rate, review, subscribe, enter that contest. We love you. Thank you for listening. Have a good week, everybody. Hit our goddamn music. Yeah. <laughs>